Pickens a la derecha. Y ahí va Kenny Pickens a pasar el pase por el centro. ¡Atrapado por Jorgito! ¡Pickens! ¡Pickens a Pickens! ¡Pickens a Pickens! ¡Pickens a Pickens! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Real Steel Podcast, where we talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers. No BS, just the real steel. I am your host, Jeff Schmidt, and joining me today, back in Pittsburgh, my co-host, Polt. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going, dude? Happy holidays, and I hope you thawed out from that game Saturday night. That was a cold one for you. Yeah, it was chilly. I I thawed out. I am uh, currently in my childhood bedroom. That is no longer my bedroom when I stay in Pittsburgh. Very Um, nice. My dad's office, but... Uh, I'm here nonetheless, and, and you're back home in Pittsburgh. And yeah, happy holidays to you as well. Um, hope everything is is uh, going well. We're surviving the cold here. Yeah, it's, <laughs> we've been welcomed by some very cold weather, but it's not been too bad. Definitely good to come home for the holidays. Yeah, as Polt mentioned earlier, I, I actually did go to the game, um, to the Raiders game. It was uh, brutally cold. I was blessed uh, by my cousin to have some club seats, so we spent most of our time indoors uh, inside kind of the lounge area there um, but we did see probably about half of the game outside we, we you know five to ten minute increments we stepped outside and saw the game from our seats and uh, I'm glad we went it, it was quite the experience it was cold um, but it was good to be there for uh, for the city for Franco and, and to see a win I mean the Steelers yeah. are now seven and eight we, we talk about this, it feels like every week we say we're in the playoff hunt and then we're out of it and then we're back in and we're out of it. And it's not realistic for us to make it, but there's a chance we, we could make the playoffs. Yeah. And I mean, it's not a lot has to happen, but I also don't think it's that I think I don't think it's impossible we make it. And I don't know. Do you want me to run through the, the, the playoff scenario for us? Yeah, if you have it, we got two, yeah. two games left, right? Two weeks of, of NFL Correct. regular season play. So hit me. I know we have to win out. I know yeah. that's, that's so a big So if you look at the standings, we're technically in 11th place in the AFC. So it's like, out holy 16, crap. Right? Out of 16. Yes. So it's like, Seven. holy crap. How do we, how do you make it in from that? So there's only two spots left. One's a division title and one's a wild card berth. Right now, the Miami Dolphins hold the seven seed. So what we need to do, as you said, is we need to win out both games. That means we need to beat the Ravens and the Browns in the next two weeks. On top of that, we'll need the Dolphins to lose out. So they go, they play, this week they play at New England, and then next week they play home against the Jets, uh, or the week, week 18. We need them to lose both of those games. Mm-hmm. In addition, this week the Jets go to Seattle, and they have to lose in Seattle, which, again, is possible. It's a Geno Smith revenge game. Seattle's also fighting for the playoffs. It's possible. And with the Miami Dolphins, Tua possibly might be out the rest of the year now that he's back in concussion protocol. Right. So them losing two games is also very possible. Um, and then the last thing that would need to happen is the Patriots go, I think, into Buffalo or they play at home. Either, uh, yes, they go to Buffalo Week 18, which – you think maybe the Buffalo Bills would bench some players, but as long as the Bills win and the Chiefs win this week, the Bills have not locked up the number one seed, which means they would have to play people, I would assume, week 18, um, which means it's very possible they could beat the Patriots as well. So to summarize that, it's the Dol- we have to win out, the Dolphins yep. have to lose out, yep. the Patriots have to lose to the Bills in week 18, and the Jets have to lose to the Seahawks this week. Right. The one weird thing is the Tennessee Titans are above us in the standings right now. 
we don't care about them. They don't matter in our in our bid. They can only win the division, sure. uh, pretty much. That's so their division's a mess, right? The AFC South, correct. Okay, so that's our path. It's it's not easy, but it's it's possible. So I was having this conversation with my dad. We don't we don't control our own destiny. We no. we need to win two, and then we need Dolphins to lose two, Jets lose one, Patriots lose one, which which are all reasonable games for them to lose. So who knows? Absolutely. And and I'll I'll be honest with you here. I I feel like this is what's going to happen. I feel like just knowing how things go or they have gone uh, with this false sense of hope we often get. And and there's no reason we should make the playoffs this year. I mean, no. we do not belong there. We'll probably get our butts kicked early if we make it. Who knows? But I bet you what happens is we win next week. The Dolphins lose next week. The Jets lose. And so then we're looking at okay. Week 18, we win, Dolphins lose, Patriots lose. That's what we would need. Yes. One of those things won't happen. Maybe the other teams will lose and, and we'll lose to the Browns, or maybe we win our game and one of those teams wins or whatever. I feel like we're, we're you know, outsiders here to make it something fluky will happen and, and we'll be super close. Um, but I mean, this boils down to like you go back and you look at the Dolphins game that we played, right? Or the look at the Jets or the Patriots games. Yeah, and the reason we need those teams to lose out is because we don't have a tiebreaker over them. So right. if we had beat the Jets, if we had beat the, the Patriots, if we had beat uh, who else? The, the Dolphins, Dolphins, the Ravens. Right. right. And, we, and, and we can get more into this maybe in the offseason and go through that frustration. But, yeah, this season actually was very there for the taking for us. We could be already in the playoffs guaranteed at this point if we would have just won a few games earlier in the year. And we can discuss that later why – we didn't know what, what went wrong in those situations. But if it, supposedly, so last year we went into the last two weeks against the Ravens and the Browns again mm-hmm. with, I think, like a 15% chance to make the playoffs. And we made it. This year, I think we have like a 2% chance to make the playoffs. But here's the problem. If we make the playoffs, it's going to be the same situation as last year. And we're going to have to prob- most likely go, to go into Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, I guess it's Gaia Field or whatever now. But go into Kansas City and play the Chiefs. Yeah. And I don't like our odds there. So I don't know. For as a fan, I'm gonna root for them to make the playoffs, but it's not gonna be an easy road if they yeah. get in. I mean, of course, and of course you want I mean, there's nothing wrong with playing January football. And I was listening to something a while back and they said, you know, Ben Ben made the playoffs in his first season. And yeah. and just not to make a comparison, but just to get that playoff experience under your belt for a guy like Kenny, I mean, if he makes it, and and so what? We go to Arrowhead and we lose. I mean, who knows what happens there if that even is the case. But to get that playoff experience, I mean, that would be extremely, extremely valuable for you. You know what? That's a really good point. We've said all year that once Kenny became the start of the year, it was about continuing his growth. And what better way to grow than to have to go play the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City? in the wild card round of the playoffs. Right. I mean, whether you win or lose, you're going to have learning experience from that. So you're right. Actually, that might be the best case scenario for this team. Go and go into the playoffs, make the playoffs, have be hungry for next year to do better in the playoffs and, and have a learning experience there. So yeah, that's, that's root. Maybe we can have the dominoes fall our way. Yeah. And ultimately we're, we're third right now in our division, right? So yeah. Bengals, Ravens, us, we're a game ahead of the Browns. You know, we we could get up to nine and eight. We could be eight and nine. We could, you know, be seven and nine. I mean, my math right? Seven and ten. Yeah. Um, and the way that that kind of falls out, the way that they build these schedules next year, is we're going to be third or fourth in our division. So 
it's actually a positive thing for future years for yes. the Steelers or for next year. Um, because what, what the NFL does for those who don't know is you, you get to play two different divisions. You play one division from the AFC, one from the NFC, you play your own divisional opponents once home, once away. So that's six games right there. So six, four and four is 14. And then you get three extra games. And, and those are, are for the most part based on you get like one other division opponent, yeah, but it's they're the same in their standings that, that we are. So, for example, if we finish fourth in our division, we'll play someone who finishes fourth in a random division. Well, next year we play the AFC South, so right. the worst AFC Houston. division, and the Probably. NFC West. So we would get in the the AFC uh, AFC East. We would get you know like the Jets or the Patriots probably, mm-hmm. and then in the AFC West the division, you don't want to play. We'll get the Broncos or the Raiders, which is way better than playing the Chargers or Chiefs. Right. So yeah, it's going to work out in our favor, hopefully. Yeah. So so that'll be good. And then more importantly, we might win more than seven games. You might be making some money on this season. Oh yeah, I need one more win, and then and then I get the bet. So uh, I'm just praying they can beat either the Ravens or the Browns. They should be able to beat at least one of them, if not the Ravens than the Browns. So yeah, I'm I'm holding out hope for that. It might have been a might have been right on there with eight wins. Yeah. All right. Well, good stuff. I mean, we'll see what the next two weeks bring, obviously. Um, but let's jump into this game a little bit. I think, you know, I want to I want to tell you a little bit about what it was like being there. And, and I think we probably have some, um, you know, stats to kind of break down the game. And I'll start here just by, you know, making kind of a blanket statement of I think the weather was definitely a huge factor in this game, kind of keeping it low score and keeping, you know, productivity down on probably both yeah. sides of the ball. I mean, a 13 to 10 score is, is pretty darn low um, for an NFL game. But, I mean, the Steelers prevailed. They they stuck it out, and, and they did what you wanted to see, especially on that last drive. I mean, that was so gratifying to see Kenny throw a touchdown to George Pickens. Absolutely. For the walk-off win. I mean, that was just awesome. And, and for the fans, for being in the stadium and freezing your balls off the whole game <laughs> uh, to, to end it like that, was was just really icing on the cake it was it was awesome yeah and i mean that's the drive we've been waiting for right i mean i think kenny now has three come from behind wins this year i think is the stat i saw but i mean that drive was awesome whether it was i mean the, the whole play it was a lot of pat Fryermuth, a lot of Najee harris and and you know the the qb sneak that the raiders might say was questionable but i think he definitely got on the second effort and then the beautiful pass to george pickens it was just a well-orchestrated drive great job by kenny staying poised in the pocket and just making big plays yeah 10 plays 76 i mean more of these really long double digit plays 50 plus yards i mean 75 plus yards in this case this is great there there are some pieces that are kind of starting to come together and i think maybe that's even the wrong statement i wouldn't even say they're starting to come together i'd say they have come together yeah i mean from, from where we were maybe three weeks ago versus six weeks ago versus nine weeks ago. I mean, this, we look like a different team. I definitely think we look like a different team. Yeah, we do. I mean, a lot of those long play drives that we've had have resulted in field goals. So again, like you said, we're continuing to grow. We, we punched this one in for a touchdown and we had 10 plays, but it wasn't all just like dink and dunk passes. I mean, we had a 17 yard pass to Friar Muth, a 10 yard pass to Friar Muth, a 19 yard pass to Najee mm-hmm. Harris, the, the, the 14 yard touchdown to Pickens. I mean, that's four double digit play or double digit yard plays uh, on the drive. So, I mean, we had some explosive plays and, and so it wasn't just dink and dunk. So, definitely. And that is something we've lacked all year are those, those chunk plays. Yeah. Just, just to get, you know, big chunk plays where we can really move the ball and, and you know, really 
look like a an exciting team, right? I mean, right. that's that's really good to see. You mentioned the field goal piece real quick. I just want to say that. Sure. Um, I, I I'm not gonna throw balls under the bus here because you know I was watching the games earlier during the day on Saturday with my sister, and I watched. Evan McPherson, the, the kicker for the Bengals, missed extra points. And Tyler Bass from the Tyler Bills. Bass missing extra points and field goals on the Bills left and right. And these, these are pretty good kickers. Um, it was really tough conditions to kick. I mean, cold temperature is probably horrible. Play, plays a large role in that, but it was really windy in a lot of the stadiums. And it was pretty windy in Akersher, too, on Saturday night. So, um, yeah, I would have liked to see Boss convert on, on – I think he was, what, two of four? He was two of four. Um, would have liked to see obviously more conversions there, but um, I'm almost going to wash those from his stat sheet this week. I'm not going to discredit, um, you know, that, that piece of the game. I think that was. Yeah. I will say, I wonder if he's, I feel like he's a little hurt still. He's not, he's not been good since he came back from the IR. So I wonder if he is playing a little injured and all of his balls, the ones he missed went left and then he corrected on the other end of the field and went right. And that's when he made them. So yeah, that was tough. We we really needed those points. Um, I don't know why Tomlin kept sticking with him. I think a couple of those times he could have went for it on fourth, but we also had some fourth and longs that really hurt us as well. But, I, I mean, while we're on special teams, just real quick, I want to give it – I mean, Presley Harvin's really turned his season around, in my opinion. He started out horribly. I mean, this game he had three punts for 140 yards. That's a 46.7-yard average. That's pretty good in that cold weather with the wind swirling and everything like that. So I just wanted to give him a little bit of credit there. I think he's really, really turned around this season. You know, watching him has been like a point of frustration for me. Oh, I it's horrible. A lot of the season, and I think a lot of fans can relate. It's like he'll he'll perform okay or average or whatever you want, and then he's he's almost due for just one awful punt every game. But he didn't um, have that this week, but he which didn't is have what that. I like. He liked. didn't have it against Carolina either. True. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is this is his second year. You know, I I still think that he's a player, and and at, at the punter position, I think we should bring someone else in and at least challenge him in camp yeah. and see what happens and and see what goes on. But I mean, he he hits some punts really really well. He he's just I think almost a definition of being inconsistent. Yeah. So I think the credit that you're giving him is probably for having some consistency, which is something yes. lacked. So, um, yeah, I mean, worth, worth, you know, we'll get into balls of steel in a little bit, not worth our balls of steel, but no, just I worth a mention, worth a mention for his improvement there. Hey, before we, uh, you know, move on, since we were talking about the offense, you, uh, I wanted to just make a comment here. If you watch that game and, and you still think, that Mitch Trubisky should be playing quarterback over Kenny Pickens. <laughs> I think you need to just get your eyes checked because you're blind or you need to stop being a Steelers fan because you just don't – you're not watching the game correctly. You're biased and, and you don't know what's going on. I, I know he only went – he went 26 of 39 for 244 yards, a touchdown and an interception, and he had three yard, three rushes for, for nine yards. Yep. I mean, nothing crazy, but those are t- pretty decent stats and one of the higher passing yardage games he's had. But here's my point. If you, if you don't watch that game and you don't realize that the offense is called and the offense plays differently under Kenny Pickett than under Mitch Trubisky, then you're crazy. And I have a couple stats to back that up. Yeah, let's hear it. Against the Panthers, we ran the ball 45 times. 45 times. And remember, Mitch Trubisky played that game. Against the Raiders, we only ran the ball 27 times. Wow. With Mitch against the Panthers, we threw the ball 22 times. On, on Saturday against the Raiders, we threw the ball 39 times. Now, 
I know there's a little bit of skewed numbers because the game scripts were completely different. We were in the lead against Carolina and trailing against Vegas. But I don't know. I just when I watch that game, you just, they put so much more on Kenny's shoulders than they ask Mitch to do. Yeah. And and I think that's really important because I think that shows they have trust in Kenny and it also shows that Kenny's capable of doing it. And that last drive was all Kenny. I know he didn't call his own plays and whatnot. Like who cares about that? But I think Kenny Pickett is the answer and I'm and I'm very happy to see him and him succeeding. Yeah, he's starting to command the offense, I think is one point. I think a second point is you can really see like the intangibles that he has in his maturity. And yeah. I, I bring this up by for for I guess what I'm trying to get at here is the interception that he threw was bad. Yeah. That was a bad interception. I mean he he looked like a rookie. He he that just was a, a not a good throw. Yeah. But what you like to see is number one, how the team rallies around him. We got an interception right after right. his interception, which was cool. I mean, not that that happens all the time, but you know, I think a lot of the the times or a lot of the games we've had earlier this season, it's like the offense gets nothing done and the defense can't make a stop either. So it's kind of just compounding that. Yeah. So it was great to see, you know, the defense make that stop. But I think the other thing is, is the next drive, Kenny in future drives, Kenny comes out and he's still not afraid to throw the ball and take chances and, right. and you know, be who he is. So, you know, a lot of times you throw an interception, it gets in your head. Derek Carr threw three on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at what Tua did against, you know, his game um, that he had on, on uh, Sunday. So there's definitely, you know, an element that I think Kenny has that is just really cool to see that, you know, he believes in himself and, and the team believes in him and the team believes in him. So that's, that's really great to see. You're right. I mean, his stat line is, is nothing crazy by any means, but it's a good one that, that gets the game won. And, and now we got to adjust our statistic, right? We had a turnover, but we still won the game. Yes, I was going to say that. I think that's our first win of the year with a turnover. But yeah. on the flip side, we also forced three turnovers. So won the turnover battle there, which is huge. Um, one other offensive note I just want to point out, I, I still don't think he's the answer long-term at left tackle, but we have to give Dan Moore a little bit of credit. Um, I saw this stat. I did not realize this stat. But since the Colts game, Here's how he's played. Against the Colts, he allowed one sack and one pressure. Since then, no sacks. Against Atlanta, he gave up two pressures. Baltimore gave up one pressure. Carolina, zero pressures. And Vegas, two pressures. Now, granted, we haven't played the best pass rushers in the league in any of those games. Yeah. But he is starting to play a little bit more consistent, which has, I think, really helped us. So I just, I still don't think he's the answer. I still think we need to look for a tackle. But Dan Moore has played better, so I want to give him a little bit of credit. Yeah, and at this point in the season, it's about reps, right? It's about yeah. getting guys reps. And and at the end of the day, that's the only way you improve is just through reps. So um, good good stuff to see. Do you, you want to transition into defense? I, I mean, Definitely. I we have a lot of things we can probably talk about. I'll, I'll let you lead in. Yeah, I think we, we have to just focus on the second half for the most part. I, I mean, listen to this. In that second half, they were dominant. They, gave, they had 22 plays. The Raiders ran against them. We gave up 50 yards three first downs and zero points. That's that's just domination in the second half by the defense. To, to back that up for the full game, we only gave up 201 yards. That's 58 rushing yards and 143 passing yards. We played the number one rush runner in the NFL in Josh Jacobs. We gave up 15 carries for 44 yards. He averages 102.6 yards per game. Yeah. With Devontae Adams, he's the fifth leading receiver in the NFL. He gets 86 yards per game. He had two catches for 15 yards on nine targets. Mm-hmm. 
the defense as a whole just played awesome. And and just that Josh Jacobs point, we brought up last week how the running defense would be huge against Carolina because they ran for 223 yards against Seattle. Well, Carolina this week against the Lions ran for 320 yards. Right. We, we gave up 21 total rushing yards to them. So the run defense has really kind of come under its come into its own, which is big because we have been bad against the run the last couple of years. So when you look at numbers, the numbers are a little skewed. They've been a lot better towards the end of the year. Yeah, and you look at the scoreboard. We held them to 10 points. I mean, right. that's just really good work out of the defense. I think, you know, the, the point that I'd like to hit home is is really good work by the secondary, keeping someone like Devontae Adams in check. We got picked apart on the very first drive of the game. Picked apart. Uh, kind of by, by Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, and kind of they were, they were getting a few different people involved. Um, and I didn't I didn't like the look of that first drive, and, and it kind of, you know, you go down – seven nothing halfway through the first quarter on a 14 play 72 yard drive you think it's not going to be pretty good for the Steelers but I think they they adjusted or or something changed within their their scheming or play calling that um you know they really flipped the script and and I think they they won us the game here yeah I mean Renfro and Waller combined only ended up with 100 total yards so they they definitely figured it out after that that first drive but to the to your point about the secondary our defense leads the league in interceptions with 17 um, wow. there was the stat that I saw, I couldn't find it again, but that would be, if we would continue to lead the league at the end of the year, that'd be the first time in 20, 30 years that we are the leaders in interceptions. So that's awesome out of the secondary. That's crazy. I mean, especially you have all this talk going on of the Steelers being the highest paid defense Yep, and us not acting like it. Um, yeah, they I played like it. This they week. played like it on Saturday night, so that was really good. One more guy I want to give his roses to. He was a, a balls of steel candidate for me, but you'll see why I didn't pick him. It, it has to be Cam Hayward. Big Cam, yeah. Oh, my goodness, did he play an awesome game. He had he had seven tackles, three tackles for loss, two sacks, two QB hits, and one pass defense. And if you if you look at his stats since the, the bye week, his pass rush win rate, or his pressure rate has really been the difference in our team. Uh, so before the bye week, Alex Highsmith was a 9.9% pass uh, pressure rate, and Cam Hayward had a 5.9. After the bye week, Alex Highsmith has a 14.6% pressure rate, and Cam Hayward has a 15.1% pressure rate. Wow. That's a 10% difference by Cam Hayward after the bye. He's been awesome. And uh, I think he played a really, really, really good game. So, and if you look at it too, Highsmith had that sack. If you watch the film or the the video, uh, Cam Hayward's the reason why he got that sack. It was a little stunt. Cam Hayward took both linemen, which allowed Highsmith a free run at Derek Carr. So, Cam Hayward played awesome. Just want to give him a huge shout out. Yeah, and one other thing I want to mention here too, just in general, is it. It seemed like, and again, watching the game in person is is always a lot different than it is watching on TV. Yeah. But it seemed to me like it was a relatively clean game. I'm, I'm looking at the penalties here, and it looks like we had three. Yep. Um, Raiders only had two. So it was, a, it was a pretty quiet game from the refs. Um, I don't have what those, those penalties were, but, I mean, d- did it seem that way on TV? There wasn't anything egregious, right? Yeah, it did. We had, a, we had an offensive pass interference. Okay. Uh, they had a false start. They also had a, a personal foul, I think, for the, a low block. Um, we had a Kevin Dotson holding. Um, but other than that, yeah, that's we really didn't. It, it was really clean. Yes, I agree with you. So that's it was always a very a good clean game. Too. 
that's, yeah. that's just worth pointing out. I mean, it's it's always a good thing when you can stay stay clean. I mean, you, yeah. we we've lost games before from bad penalties. So absolutely playing sloppy. So, all right. Well, let's go ahead and move into our uh, our balls of steel and our jag off of the week. Do you want to go? You want to go positive or you want to go negative first? What what should we do? Uh, let's, let's go, let's go jag off first. Let's go jag off. I'm, I'm going to start and yeah. I'm getting my jag off of the week to the cold, <laughs> just, just to the temperature and the wind. It was, it was freaking brutal. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't even know what the temperature was at game time, but I think it was like minus 20 wind chills. Um, yes, it was brutal. It, it was, it was really, really cold. It made it tough to stay out and watch. I mean, kudos to all these fans that stayed out there for, absolutely any part of the game um and the players too i mean the players have to get credited sure this stuff happens all the time in chicago and buffalo and and green bay and whatever but i mean uh, i always give mad props to the players who who play in these conditions especially when you have a guy like Najee's from california and played in alabama well you you missed him post game he uh he they had him on the set and he said he got out there and he's like yeah (laughs) it was cold he yeah. was very blunt about it. He's like, yeah, it was cool. So that was funny. Yeah. And I, I heard someone talking at some probably s- stupid sports radio thing. It wasn't Mark Madden, but I want to say it was Mark Madden because he's such a jag off. <laughs> someone said that Kenny Pickett, you know, he has really small hands, right? That was right. A, a big thing. And, you know, maybe it was like Troy Aikman or something. It was one of the guys on, on TV or something. They were basically saying that, when it's really cold and the ball's a lot harder to throw, your hand size comes into play and being able to get a good grip on the ball, whatever it might be. And mm-hmm. so someone had said something about this is what will will this will be a true test of Kenny Pickett to see if his small hands really are a factor. And that just kind of irked me a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you're just kind of tying in with, you know, what we talked about with Kenny, a good game out of him and, and the cold temperature. And well, that's where his comfort with gloves comes in handy. Uh, handy but yeah it's it's because that's what you need in the cold weather especially with small hands so yeah i agree with you all right i'll let you in for jag off all right so i have actually two this week couldn't condense it into one i I gotta start with the nfl network um watching at home the nfl network broadcasted the game and they made it a point that they were going to show the halftime ceremony with franco harris and they did they showed the the art they, they showed rooney talking and that was great and all but me understanding that their network and probably getting money i knew that i figured they weren't going to show it well they did they turned it off halfway through the ceremony which is terrible and it went to a commercial but luckily for me i had my phone up and i was streaming the Steelers stream yeah. that that had the the video and everything in it but i just want to give it to a jag off to the nfl network they couldn't they couldn't say five more minutes and just watch this video to honor franco harris like come on everybody who was watching wanted to see that and and obviously money over, trumped that which was really annoying yeah, and I'll let you do your other jag off, but I'm going to interrupt you just on on this point because I didn't get really to, to talk about it much. I mean, that really was the impetus for why I, I was at the game was to yeah. see that ceremony. And so, you know, my cousin Carly and I, we stood out there for it and, and it was it was pretty cold. I remember Art Rooney. Uh, it was cold, but it was cool as well. Uh, I, yeah. I, I think Art Rooney opened with saying um, it, it wasn't supposed to be this way. Uh, yes. And kind of, uh, silenced the crowd and everything and um, just just talking for a couple minutes and, and getting to see them hold the jersey up and show the video on the screen and a lot of other players had walked out and they were kind of sitting down it was just 
it was really, really emotional. It was really cool. There was a moment of silence that was done. Um, and you could, uh, you know, they use this expression, you could hear a pin drop, but I, I swear yeah. to God, you could hear a pin drop. I mean, that's awesome. It went absolutely silent. And then whenever they came back on and, and the cheering that happened immediately after that was so loud. It, it was, you know, there, there probably weren't more than 20,000 people in that stadium. Yeah. And it felt like it was full just from the noise strictly for that. So that was a really cool moment. I'm sorry you didn't get to see the whole thing on TV, but you got to see it on your phone and yeah. I'm sure it's recorded so people can go back and watch it. But that was, that was a cool part of being there. And, and I'm glad I got to see that. Yeah. It was good to see all of his teammates there in the field. It really was touching to them as, as well. So that was, that was awesome. Uh, so my second jag off is going to go to the Pro Bowl selection. I think it's absolutely crap what they what they do. I mean, first of all, our so if you don't know, our two we have two Pro Bowlers this year, um, Nika Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt. And I love TJ Watt. I think that's that's known on this podcast. But how he got in over Alex Highsmith is yeah. beyond me. Alex Highsmith right now is I think tied for seventh in the league in sacks. Uh, yeah, he has twelve, tied with Chris Jones and Quentin Williams. I mean, the guy deserves to be in, and now, and he's an alternate uh, for the team as well as Pat Fryermuth, Cam Hayward, and Derek Watt. But the fact that TJ Watt got in over Alex Highsmith just is beyond me. And then on top of that, Tyler Huntley in Baltimore, who has not played well since playing, <laughs> is the fourth alternate quarterback for the AFC. How, how they had no other options but Tyler Huntley? Like, come on, I, I think that's crap. So I just wanted to to so rant how- a little bit about that. How's that? It's it's one third fans, one third players, one third coaches. Is that? I right? believe so. Yes. It's just goofy. So so, the, so the, the coaches and players have the the say at the end of the day for the most part, right? I mean, but I, it's hard for me to believe that guys like T.J. Watt and Tyler Huntley would have been deserving in the eyes of the players and coaches. I mean, I know T.J. Watt does a lot for our defense, but he hasn't played half the year. So yeah. it's just kind of weird to me. Yeah, you got to figure that like a. Uh, the third of the fan vote, like all the fan votes, which wait a third, yeah, are, are just going to be for the most popular players, right? Or right, whatever it might be. I mean, you you see on Steelers Twitter, you know, retweet this tweet to cast a vote for yeah. one on the freaking roster, and and right. sending like trying to send Robert Spillane to the freaking Pro Bowl, but right, you know, so so there's that. But yeah, you would think that the correction from the coaches and the players would come in to fix things like that. I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know. They just need to fix that and clean that up to make the Pro Bowl as and it's a silly as prestigious thing. as it was. Yeah, it's a silly thing, but that's that's exactly what it what it is. It was prestigious at some time, right? Like this is something that goes on a, a, a player's resume, and and to be a Pro Bowl player is is definitely prestigious. I mean, it's an honor to have that. So right, um, yeah, it, it'd be nice to see see that get fixed, stat based or something. Who knows? Yeah. All right, let's flip over to Balls of Steel. I think I'm going to take this one first. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to give it to the entire city of Pittsburgh um, and how they handled the past week or so. I like that. Um, I guess my first reasoning is we'll go with with you're included, you and Carolee are included in this. The fact that people went to that game and, and stood out in the cold and braved it out and sounded really loud, even though I know like half the stadium was filled, if not less. Yeah. I mean, that's impressive, and that just shows how much they care about – about Franco and, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So 
that's that's half of it. The other half is how we've handled the Franco Harris thing. It, it's affected the whole city, and and the, I think the whole city's honored him really well. I went to a Penguin game last Thursday, and they had a moment of silence for him. They had thirty two on their helmets. Mm-hmm. The Steelers came out; they all wore thirty two jerseys. Supposedly that was Pat Fryermus. Um, that was his his suggestion, which was awesome. Yep. The, Cam Hayward ran out with the thirty two flag. They did the whole halftime ceremony. They had they put up the statue of the Immaculate Reception, and people put flowers all around it, but didn't cover the feet of like where Franco's feet feet were. All that kind of stuff. They're doing a public viewing for Franco right now, actually downtown at the stadium. Just just the whole thing. I just wanted to give a huge shout out to the city. I think it's been awesome this past week, and it's it shows really how great of a place this this really is. Yeah, I I can't top that. I I think I should have gone first. That's my bad just let you end with that uh i'll just really quickly jump back to the game i'm, I'm gonna give my balls a steal just to the Steelers secondary i think they played phenomenally in the game yeah the, the two things i'll point out are are keeping Devonte adams who as you mentioned one of the best receivers in the nfl two catches for 15 yards on nine targets that's his second worst week he's ever had uh or he's had this season and and wow. that's probably one of the worst he's had in his career yeah um, you know weather's a factor there too but um that's that's worth mentioning and the three interceptions i mean the the cam sutton interception to seal the game was awesome the minka interception was awesome but my favorite of the three was the arthur mallette the tip it was awesome I mean that was just amazing so yeah um kudos to those guys i'm not going to talk about it for too long because like i said it doesn't trump your your uh your city of pittsburgh one but um give well, a shout out to the second yeah just to back you up real quick i, I these stats were mind-boggling to me i didn't really expect this but cam hey cam sutton since the bye week has a 59.9 qb rating against Levi Wallace since the bye week has a 59.8 QB rating against. Wow. Uh, that was shocking to me. I thought Levi Wallace had played pretty poorly, but maybe he actually hasn't. And maybe those numbers are skewed too. But yeah, the secondary has definitely stepped up. So really, really good to see. Yeah. Good notes. All right. Let's um, I don't know if you want just real quick, a few housekeeping notes. Let's do it. Um, Marcus Allen's out for the year. Uh, I think he tore his bicep or something. Oh, no. Um, so a lot of people will be happy about that. Right. Some would say that's karma. But the reason I bring that up is I think this opens up the, the door for Mark Robinson, Mark Robinson yeah. to maybe get a helmet the last two games, which I think is really important for us. Um, as we keep talking about developing guys and getting guys snaps and reps, getting him on the field a little bit, as they say, Miles Jack still is, is nursing an injury. Um, so maybe him just getting a helmet will get him onto the field, which and would be Mark really Robinson, good. Just for those who might not remember, he was our seventh round pick. Right. He, he flashed a lot in the preseason. So a lot of the Steelers media was kind of talking about him yeah, um, and saying that he was he was, you know, going to be not saying he was going to be a James Harrison, but he was, you know, a really kind of nobody guy that we picked up and played well in the preseason. And, and so that's why Polt and I are both hoping that, that we get to see some more of him. And he, he's played in the Carolina game. He only played like seven snaps or something, but he, he kind of popped and it was really strong. uh you know, rushing against the going against the run. So we'll see what happens there. The other piece is uh, Nathaniel Hackett got fired from, from Denver. And I bring that up only because I think after that showing on, on Saturday, maybe my comments about Matt Canada staying are farther away. I saw a reporter, a Pittsburgh insider say that everybody in the building, all the players know that Matt Canada will be gone hmm. after this year, really? which was a little surprising to me. Um, and I guess after a showing like that, is it great? Especially when you might have missed this, but after the game, Steve Smith 
Steve Smith Sr., the, the legendary receiver for yep. the Ravens and Panthers. Yep. He went off on Matt Canada saying he was he had Saturday-ish play calls, meaning he had college-level <laughs> college play. play calls. Yeah. And this is the NFL, and that's not acceptable with the kind of playmakers we have. And then he went on the Pat McAfee show yesterday and just confirmed that comment again and, and basically reiterated it again on the Pat McAfee show for a live audience. So, yeah, a lot of bad press for Matt Canada. But I bring up Nathaniel Hackett because I think he'd be a really, really good fit for us. I'm not. I don't think we'll get him. I think he'll probably go back to Green Bay where he previously was. But I think he'd be an awesome hire for us. I mean, in the in 2017, he was the Jags OC with Blake Bortles as the quarterback, and and they were the fifth and fifth scoring offense that year with Blake Bortles. Jeez. I mean, that's impressive. And then he also helped Aaron Rodgers win two MVPs. So he's one of these uh, West Coast kind of guys. Uh, so I think that could fit us. So I just wanted to bring that up as a possible guy to, to look out for. Yeah, I, I like that. I'm glad you did. I mean, and and who knows what's going to happen with the carousel at the end of the year with, yeah. with coaches and coordinators as well. Um, you know, maybe we can, you know, put out an episode after the season once we kind of get a, a collection of, of who's out there and who's not and what might for be sure. going on in the media. But, um, yeah, it's I think it's always worth mentioning. So we'll, we'll see what happens there because, you know, we talked about, Matt Rule and some of the other guys, but they're they're taking college jobs and right. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll see where things stand. But that's that's a good point, and we'll got to we got to monitor the Canada situation. So yeah. All right, ready to move into a little bit of a game preview? Let's do it. I don't have much other than saying, I think we're due to beat the Ravens. I I think I think we're going to split with them. I I think we're going to take this game. We got a lot a lot riding on our shoulders. I don't know the status of Lamar Jackson. I think he's he's back to being questionable. Yeah, uh, don't know if he's going to play or not. It's safe to assume that that the Ravens have a playoff spot, um, so they're probably not necessarily concerned about having to play him and having to fight for a win. So I think we can go in and we can take this game. Yeah, they have a one game lead over the Chargers for the five seed. Um, I don't know what the tiebreaker situation is in that. So that's a good point. They might want to rest Lamar a little bit if he if he is banged up. I also have not heard a status on him, so I'm not sure. But if you remember two weeks ago in week 16, we lost to them 16-14 at home. That was with Mitch at quarterback, but it also – I mean, it was very there for the taking. We should have beaten them. We could have beaten them. So I, I have confidence that we could maybe go in there and, and take care of business. But just some, some statistics on the Ravens again. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, they're the 15th uh, scoring offense – they're the 17th total offense. They're second in rushing offense and 28th in pass offense. So if it's Tyler Huntley again, it will probably be another heavy dose of running. Um, yep. Even with Lamar, it probably will be as well. Um, on the flip side of the ball, though, they're, they're third in points allowed. Um, so pretty good defense. They're, they're 10th in total defense, 24th against the pass, and third against the run. So might be more tough sledding for us on the, on the ground, but we, we've really been – been running the ball well, so it should be a good matchup. Yeah, let's hope we get Kenny to get his chance at really playing the Ravens. That's what. Yeah, I'm let's hope he doesn't get knocked out again. That's another good growing experience for him to play the the Baltimore Ravens. To play the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore on Sunday night football. Sunday night football. Yep, so that's a good point too. Our game got flexed. I'm not too happy about it. I don't enjoy those. I'm not either. Games. Um, but Tomlin is. Tomlin made a comment today at his press conference that if your games aren't being flexed this late in the year, then you're not doing it right. So that is a good point. That means that people care. I will say if the Dolphins win on on Sunday, then our game Sunday night has no playoff implications. So that's just something to keep in mind. That's a good point. And, and, and 
you know, at the end of the day, at least we get local coverage for two guys who are out of market. So although <laughs> you're, in, you're, you're in Baltimore. So, well, you, you might not be in Baltimore. For I won't be, but. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. I hope yeah. the Steelers pull it out. Like I said, I'm, I'm going to stick to, I'm going to stick to the Steelers winning it this week and the Dolphins losing and the Jets losing. And we're going to be set up for a berth in week 18 and we'll just see what happens there. We'll We've had a lot of those last week of the year waiting for a lot of dominoes to fall. That's how it's been like three out of the past five years. So we'll, we'll see what happens. That's football for you. That's Absolutely. football for you. So. Yeah. All right, man. Well, appreciate talking to you. Good break things down. And yeah. uh, to the listeners, thanks for tuning in. Give us a follow on The Real Steel on Instagram. Uh, we'll look to hear from you guys soon and hope everyone had a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and a Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy, happy holidays, everyone. Thanks. Peace.